In James 1 verse 22, God tells us that we must not only be hearers of the word, but we are also to be doers of the word. This indicates that there is responsibility on our part if we are to access everything that God has provided for us by his grace. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith Talks. I'm your host, Emily Preston, and in these podcasts, we will be discussing how to practically apply the principles found in the word or how to be a doer of the word so that you can start seeing more of the manifestation of God's grace in every area of your life. Welcome back to another episode of Faith Talks. Today is part two of the importance of confessing the word. Last week we talked about the importance of words, the power that's contained in words and how life and death are in the power of our tongue. We talked about how when God created the universe and created the world that we live in, he did it through the words of his mouth. And we are to be imitators of God. We are living, speaking spirits just like God. And God has designed us to speak to the situations in our lives, speak to the universe around us and bring about change in our lives through his word in our mouth. And we talked about confession, and confession is the Greek word homologio. Homo meaning the same, and logio meaning to speak or to say. So homologio is the Greek word for confession, and it means to admit, to acknowledge, to agree with, to align with, and to say the same thing. So when we are confessing the word of God, we are admitting it to be true, we are acknowledging it, we are agreeing with it, we are aligning ourselves with it, and we are saying the same thing as God. And that is God's perfect plan for us, is to say what he says and what he says only. And we talked about all of the famous sports people and artists and musicians who are not where they are today because they are someone special. They are where they are today because they are masters of the basics. And we talked about how if we want to become a great man or woman of faith, we are to master the basics. And confessing the word of God is one of the basics of a life lived by faith. God says that the just shall live by by faith and therefore we live by the words of our mouth we live by the confession of his word in our mouth so today we're going to talk about what happens when we confess the word and how to confess the word now there is a lot of information that could probably be added to this lesson you really can talk about this subject forever but i've grabbed as much information and done a a lot of study into this subject. So hopefully what we cover today will bless you, bring revelation to you, and will really inspire you to make some changes in your life if you haven't already and make confessing the word of God a daily part of your life. So let's talk about what happens when we confess the word. I'm going to use Matthew 17 verse 20 as our first scripture. And that verse says, 
Verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove from here to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now you're probably very familiar with this scripture. Most people are. However, the emphasis is always and usually placed on the size of the faith. People say, well, the Bible says if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move the mountain. And yes, that is absolutely true. But what is often overlooked is that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say. So it's all very well to have faith, but faith is not actually activated and has no power at all unless it is spoken, unless you say. You can believe that the mountain will move. You can put all of your trust in the fact that the mountain will move. But unless you actually open your mouth and say, you will not see the mountain move. Saying, speaking the word of God is the demonstration. It is the practical application of your faith. So reading that verse again, it says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, meaning you don't have to have very much faith, but using the faith that you have, even if it's small, say to the mountain, move, say to the situation, move, say to the sickness, get out, say to the financial lack, move and be cast into the sea. And it has to move because it has to obey the word of God that comes out of your mouth. So when we confess the word of God, that that is a practical demonstration of our faith. Faith that isn't spoken isn't faith that is active. Active faith is faith that is spoken, that is said, that is declared. When we confess the word of God, we are agreeing with what God says about us. Matthew 18 verse 19 says that if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my father who is in heaven. Now, Matthew, this scripture was actually written in the Old Testament. It was written before Jesus went to the cross and before the Holy Spirit came to stay in the earth. At the time that this was written, they needed two people to agree because according to Old Testament law, two, there had to be two witnesses, two or three witnesses to anything that happened in order for there to be a consequence to the law. And so in this scripture, it's saying if two shall agree on earth concerning anything, So they had to get someone in agreement with them concerning what they were asking and then it will be done for them by our Father in heaven. But now that we have the Holy Spirit, he agrees with us. If we get the word of God that contains the promise, that's a third part of the agreement. So now we have God's word in written form and we have the Holy Spirit. So that's two and we make the third person. So that's three people all in agreement with the word of God. All we need to do is declare it out of our mouth. And the, and the word of God says that it shall be done for us by our father who is in heaven. So you might wonder whether it's God's will to heal you. So you go to the word of God and you find by his stripes, I was healed. 
that's the first part of the agreement. You've found the word, you've found the promise that says what God's will is. The Holy Spirit, he is in 100% agreement with you. Now you are the third party and you put that word in your mouth and you declare it and you're the third person to agree with that scripture. Two or three are gathered together in the earth concerning that scripture. You're all in agreement. Now you declare it and it will be done for you by your Father who is in heaven. You declaring and confessing that word is agreeing with what God says about you. Confessing God's word is our part in receiving the promise because we are agreeing with it. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 says, I believe, therefore I speak. If you believe the word of God, you will speak it. And again, going back to what we said earlier, that it's a demonstration of our faith. There is no belief until it is spoken. You can hear the word of God and you can believe it and you can take it on board, which is essential. But until you speak it, it is not active. It hasn't been activated. God looked at the darkness and he didn't think light. He spoke light. He believed light, but there was no light until he spoke. And it's the same with us. We have the faith of God. We believe in our heart, but we have to make that confession with our mouth. And that is the third component to receiving what God has said in his word. So believe it and receive it by speaking it. So confess the word of God. And that is your part in receiving the promise because you are agreeing with it. Again, confession is agreeing with it. It is receiving it. It is admitting, acknowledge and aligning ourselves. It is saying the same thing as God. So when we confess the word of God, we are receiving everything that he has promised us, promised us in that word. When we confess the word of God, we are renewing our mind to what God says about us, to who we are and what we have in Christ. Romans 12 verse 2 says to not be conformed to the thinking of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So how are we transformed into the image of what that word of God says? So you might find in the word of God that it is God's will that you are prosperous, that you are successful, that you are the head, not the tail. How do you bring that to pass in your life? How do you move from being where you are right now into the image of what God says in his word? It's That verse says, by renewing our mind. And the way we renew our mind is by saying what God says about us, about who we are and what we have. So you take that scripture and you start to meditate on it and you start to declare it and confess it. And you say, you get up in the morning and you say, thank you, Lord. I am successful. I have good success in every area of my life. I am the head, not the tail. I am above, not beneath. I prosper in all that I do and wherever I go. And that success and prosperity that's already contained in your born again spirit is being moved into the natural realm by the word of God that is being spoken out of your mouth. But you do that by renewing your mind. You are uh, you are picturing yourself, you are looking into that mirror of the word of God and you are seeing how God has truly created you to be everything that's contained in your born again spirit and you are being transformed by renewing your mind to what God says about you. There's some awesome teachings out there, particularly one by Andrew Womack on spirit, soul and body. So if you want more information or teaching on that, go and listen to those. It'll bless you. 
Another thing that happens when we confess the word of God is that we are calling those things that be not as though they were. So you might say confessing the word of God, that's just lying. That's just denying the physical facts or circumstances. I know that God's word says I'm healed, but look at me. I'm sick. I'm My body's riddled with disease. I'm just lying if I declare God's word and I say that I'm healed. But it is declaring what God, who never changes, has said about the outcome and continuing to declare it until all of the temporary conditions line up with his eternal word. So everything that is in the natural is temporary and subject to change. The word of God never changes. So when you agree with God and you declare what he says about your circumstances, all of those temporary things have to move out of the way because God's word is is eternal and God's word never fails. So when we confess the word of God, we are calling those things that be not as though they were. It says in Joel 3 verse 10, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. It doesn't matter what things look like in the natural. You say what God's word says about it and it has to change to get in line with the eternal word of God. It has to because God's word says that it does. And you may see no physical evidence of any change happening. It doesn't matter. You keep declaring the word. You keep confessing the word because that word never fails. That word has to do what God has designed it to do. It has creative power and it will create the result that you are confessing. I heard this awesome testimony recently. I think it was on um, Kenneth Copeland's website. And this lady was diagnosed with end-stage leukemia, I believe it was, or it might have been um, lymphoma. Excuse me, it was lymphoma. And she was a believer. She was a minister of the gospel. She was born again. She was a woman of faith. And she was faced with a crisis in her life. And so she went back to the basics. What we talked about earlier about you being masters of the basics. She went back to the basics and she took the word of God like a medicine. And the doctors gave her 30 days to live. She had delayed going to the doctors and and delayed doing anything about it. So by the time she did, they only gave her 30 days to live. But she was not moved. She took the word of God. She wrote out a list of healing scriptures and she began to take it like medicine and she began to confess it and declare it over herself three times a day, morning, lunch and dinner time. She would take the word of God and she would walk around the house and she would declare, I am healed. With long life, I am satisfied. My body is responding to the word of God. My body is whole and well and perfect and complete. Sickness and disease has no place in my body. And she would take that word of God and confess it and declare it. And she said that she saw no zero physical evidence that it was working until the 28th day the 28th day. So 28 days, she was diligent and disciplined to confess the word of God. She was not moved by what she saw, by what she felt, by what people were telling her, what the doctors were telling her. She hung on to that word for dear life, literally. And on the 28th day, she knew that she was healed. And she went back to the doctors and they looked at all the scans and they looked at her blood results. Keeping in mind, she was supposed to be dead by now 
on the 30th day and they said you have no trace of lymphoma in your body and she was completely healed because she knew that God's word had to do what it says that it would do she knew that the light of the word of God would drive out that darkness that disease from the pit of hell it would drive it out of her body if she continued to do it and didn't give up if she continued to say what God said about her body about her health she knew that she would see physical manifestation of that so she knew to call those things that be not as though they were. She said, I am healed. I am whole. I am restored. She didn't say, I'm still sick. I'm still dealing with lymphoma. I'm still weak. I feel like death. No, she declared the word of God and she said, even though I'm weak, I feel weak. I'm going to declare I am strong. Even though I feel sick, I'm going to declare I am healed. And she received her healing through the confession of the word of God out of her mouth. That is awesome. When we confess the word of God, we are moving along the path to becoming fully persuaded. You know how People say you have to become fully persuaded and you think, how do I become fully persuaded? When we confess the word of God, that is how we become fully persuaded. And you're familiar with that scripture in Romans 4 verse 19 that talks about Abraham and it says, being not weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his body. He did not consider his circumstances, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, and he had promised him a son, he'd promised him that he was he would be father of many nations, being fully persuaded of what God had promised that he was able also to perform. So how did Abraham become fully persuaded? It was because God changed his name. God changed his name from Abram, which meant exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of many nations. So Abraham was now declaring out of his mouth, I am the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. Hi, my name is the father of many nations. Yeah, my name is the father of many nations. And Sarah would call him Abraham and he'd hear father of many nations, father of many nations. And by putting that word of God, that father of many nations in his mouth, in his ears, in front of his eyes, all the time, that transformation of his mind took place, that renewal of his mind took place, and he was transformed into the image of God's word. He became the father of many nations. Isaac was born and the rest is history. He became fully persuaded because his continual confession was, I am the father of many nations. If you want to become fully persuaded that you are healed, if you want to become fully persuaded that you are walking in financial abundance if you want to become fully persuaded that you are walking in God's perfect plan for your life or for your career or your ministry you put God's word in your mouth continually and you will become fully persuaded even when contradictory circumstances rise against you you won't tolerate it you'll cast it out because you are fully persuaded when we confess the word of God, we are training our mouth to speak only words that agree with God's word. 
we will instantly recognize the contradiction when it comes. So for example, you are confessing the word of God over your finances. I have all sufficiency in all things. I have all sufficiency in all things. All of my needs are met in Jesus name. Okay. And you are you are speaking that out of your mouth constantly and continuously. And then a contradiction comes. You get a big bill in the mail and the bank account balance doesn't show enough to cover this bill. And yet, because you are continually saying, I have all sufficiency in all things, you will not be tempted to say, oh, we don't have enough for this bill because you will recognize the contradiction when it comes. For example, banks and financial institutions employ people who are experts in recognizing counterfeit and forgery currency. They are trained and they are experts in finding currency that is a forgery. Now, they don't study the forgery. They don't study all of the different forgeries that come in because there could be countless variations in forgery, in counterfeit currency. What they do is they study the real note. They get a $100 bill, for example, and they study it and they learn every line. They learn every variation in color. They learn every kind of little hidden um, thing, every little hidden detail. They learn it inside out and they study it and they become familiar with it so that when the forgery comes, when the counterfeit shows up, they recognize it instantly. They don't study the forgery, they study the true currency. And I love that example because we aren't called to study all of the contradictions. We aren't called to get on WebMD and study all of the signs and symptoms of the contradictions to God's word. We are not called to read all the um, economic experts and read the Financial Times and study what the stock exchange is doing and study all of that. We are called to study God's word concerning our finances. We are not called to study all of the philosophical experts and the psychologists' um, opinions on, you know, how to get happiness, how to walk in a life of happiness. No, we are called to study God's word concerning our emotional well-being. And that way, when the forgery shows up, when the contradiction shows up, when the counterfeit shows up, we will recognize it instantly. And confessing the word of God is one of the ways that we do that. We are studying it. We are becoming familiar with it. We are learning every um, revelation, all of the different things that God's contained in his word. We are finding out every single detail about God's word, everything that God intended for us through his word. And that way, when the contradiction shows up, we recognize it instantly. So that is another massive benefit to confessing the word of God. When we confess the word of God, we are being doers of the word. James 1 verse 22 says that we are to not only be hearers of the word, but doers as well. And it says that if we hear the word, but don't do it, we are like someone who looks in a mirror and then walks away and forgets what they look like. It is essential that we be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So right now you are listening to this podcast and you are 
hearing the word, but now it's up to you to go away and be a doer of the word and do what we've talked about. Start confessing the word of God every day because that is your part in being a doer of the word. And if you don't do the word, it's like listening to a good message, going away and forgetting all about it. It's like looking in a mirror, seeing who you are, and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. So be a doer of the word, add confessions to your daily routine and be a doer of the word. When we confess the word, we are increasing, building and strengthening our faith. Do you know that you believe the words that come out of your mouth more than you believe the words that come out of anybody else's mouth? So when you are saying over yourself what God says about you, your strength is increasing, your faith is increasing, your um, your faith is being built up and strengthened. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you speaking the word of God out of your mouth is building and strengthening your faith. And it is it is cyclical. So you're hearing the word of God. You're speaking it out of your mouth. You're hearing yourself speak the word of God out of your mouth. It's going down into your heart, into your spirit building your faith and then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when your heart is full of faith, it's going to come out of your mouth and you're going to speak it and then you'll hear it again and faith comes by hearing. And so the cycle continues. So speak the word of God out of your mouth, confess the word of God. And that's what will strengthen and build your faith. You know, people say to God, oh, Lord, give me more faith. Oh, Lord, build my faith. I just need to strengthen my faith. It's up to you. God's not going to do it because he's already given us the way to do it. And he says to speak the word of God, to confess the word of God, and that faith will come by hearing the word of God that you speak out of your mouth. Confessing the word of God is how we bring God's will to pass in our lives. You know, I've been in this situation where I think, Lord, I just want to walk in your plan for my life. You've given me these these desires and I just want to walk in that. I just want to do what I know you've called me to do. Well, you know what? I've had a revelation on this. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It says that God will put or set in place the desires of your heart. So if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, if you're seeking him earnestly, if you're living a life led by the spirit, God will give you the desires of your heart. You'll start getting a strong desire, a strong leaning to go in a certain direction in your life. You'll know that that's what God wants you to do. And you'll think to yourself now, how, okay, so how do I get from A to B here? I know what God has called me to do. How do I step into that calling, into that anointing that he's placed on my life? Well, going back to Luke 6 verse 45, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So now if we tie that back into Psalm 37.4, okay, so picture your heart. Your heart now contains God's desires for you. It now he's implanted the desires in your heart. Now how do you get those out? It says here that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So those desires that you have in your heart now you need to speak them. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you might have a desire 
to evangelize, for example, and that is a full and earnest desire of your heart. Now, it's our responsibility to speak that desire out, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And another scripture to tie in with this is Mark 11 verse 24. And it says, therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you desire. So now we're talking, remember, about the desires of our heart. Whatever things it is that you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And remember how we believe that we receive? We speak. So the way that you receive the desires of your heart is by speaking them out of your mouth. This is so good. This is how God accomplishes his will for us. He gives us those desires so that we will begin to speak them out of our mouth. So you are going back to what I said earlier. You might have a burning desire to be an evangelist. You start declaring God's word over your ministry by speaking it out of your mouth. And you start making that a confession and you say, I am a powerful man of God. I am anointed to evangelize and teach people the word of God and win souls for the kingdom of God. I am led by the spirit. Opportunities to evangelize come my way. Every word that I speak brings grace and life to the hearer. Countless lives are changed through my ministry. God uses me in a mighty way and I reach the lost for the kingdom of God. And you start declaring those desires out of your mouth so that God can bring it to pass. That is how he brings his will to pass in your life is by you declaring his will out of your mouth that is phenomenal that is a revelation for someone I know it and for me you know I believe that even Jesus had to do this you know the Bible says that he went to the synagogue as a young boy and he listened to the preachers and he listened to the teachers teaching from the scrolls teaching from the prophets and one day after he had received the anointing of the Holy Spirit he went to the synagogue and he opened the book of Isaiah where it says in chapter 61 verse 1 and he declared it over himself in the presence of all there in the synagogue and he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord and he had to open his mouth and declare God's will for him over his life so that God could bring that to pass for him. That is why it is vital that we only speak what we want. See, if we go around saying, oh, I just, I know that God wants me to do this, that or the other. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. I just wish he'd hurry up and do something about it. You know, we are deceiving ourselves when we talk like that. When we talk negatively, we are deceiving our hearts because God's put those desires in our hearts. But then our negative talk, our negative words go into our heart and that faith is being diluted and we are stifling what God wants to do with us. And we are stifling the growth and the development in what he wants to do with us because we are mixing faith with fear. 
we are speaking those words of fear and we are deceiving our hearts. And it says in James 1 verse 26, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart and his religion is worthless or useless. So religious here in this scripture doesn't mean religious in the law-based sense of the word. It means anyone who thinks that they have some kind of relationship with God and know how to do the word. It says, if you consider yourself to be like that, but you don't bridle your tongue, you are deceiving your heart and your religion is worthless. It will not produce results. Whatever it is that you're confessing the word of God over in your life, you need to bridle your tongue and only say what God says about your situation. If you're standing on the word of God for healing, if you're confessing healing scriptures and you're declaring, I am healed, I am whole, I am well. If you then turn around and say, oh, I just feel so much pain today. I don't think the word of God's working. Or even if you talk about the situation and even if you say, Yes, I'm confessing the word of God for healing, but I'm still waiting for, you know, the manifestation or whatever. That is deceiving your heart because your heart doesn't know what to believe. Out of one side of your mouth, you're declaring I'm healed. I'm walking in perfect health. And then out of the other side of your mouth, you're saying I'm still sick. I'm still dealing with the symptoms. Your heart's going, well, which one is it? I'm I'm confused. So guys, it is vital, it is important, it is essential that we bridle our tongues. Otherwise, we're deceiving our own hearts and it says that our religion is worthless. It is useless. It produces no results. That is so important. So those are all of the things that happen and there's probably more, but when we confess the word of God, those are all of the things that are happening when we confess the word of God. So now I want to finish off with how to confess the word. So we've talked about what it is to confess, why we confess, but how do we confess the word? Okay, it's very simple and it's not complicated. You be encouraged. So first of all, you find a promise in the word that covers your situation. By the way, don't wait until you're facing a crisis to start confessing the word. Everybody knows that phrase, prevention is better than cure. If you are built up and you are strong in an area of the word of God, it's like we said earlier, you will recognize the contradiction instantly you will recognize the forgery and the counterfeit instantly so don't don't wait until a crisis comes build yourself up in the word of god and then it'll be much easier for you to deal with things when they come along if you're already built up in the word of god but the first thing to do is find a promise in the word that covers your situation okay so now let's i'll give you an example Let's say you're dealing with a lot of shame and guilt over something that you did in the past. You can take Romans 8 verse 1 and it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Okay, so that's your scripture that says there's no condemnation for you. So how do you turn that into a confession? First of all, you put it in the first person. Okay, God's word is for you. It is for you right now. Okay, so a lot of the scriptures in the word are written in the third person. 
or the second person, but I would suggest to put it in the first person because when you're saying I, me, mine, you are reminding yourself of who you are and what you have. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then put it in the past or present tense because God says that now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So we're taking it, taking the scripture, we're putting it in the first person. We're putting it in the present or past tense because you have it now it's not coming it's not on its way it is it is something you can you have right now so now what you do is so that scripture Romans 8 verse 1 you say there is therefore now no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus I walk not after the flesh but after the spirit For the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And that's how you make a confession. And you speak it out loud because you are making a declaration. Faith is activated when you speak it. So you speak it aloud and you make a bold declaration. There is therefore now no condemnation for me. And you declare it and you confess it and it doesn't matter what your heart's telling you. Your heart's may telling you you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. You know what you did. It doesn't matter. Your heart may be telling you you should feel ashamed of yourself. You have got no place going to church or mixing with Christians or being where you are or doing what you're doing because look at you did. It doesn't matter. You declare that word of God out of your mouth. There is therefore now no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus. And you watch that light of the word of God will drive out that guilt, will drive out that shame, will drive out that condemnation because that's what God's word is designed to do. Lastly, don't let anything move you from your position of faith. God says, don't be moved by what you see, by what you hear or how you feel. If it doesn't agree with your confession, if it doesn't agree with the word of God, it is a lie. God's word says, let God be true and every man a liar. It doesn't matter what man is saying, what the circumstances are saying, what things look like in the natural. If it doesn't agree with the word of God, it is a lie. And that, my friends, is how you confess the word. And that is why it is so important to confess the word. If you have any questions related to this, or if you'd like to share your testimony with me, please email me at questions at faithtalks.com.au and I would love to hear from you. I hope you've received some revelation from this uh, discussion that we've had and I really hope that you go and now and you be a doer of the word. Make a list of confessions, get some scriptures, turn them into confessions, get a scripture that covers every area of your life, your family, your children, your finances, your health, your safety, your protection, your emotions, your wisdom every area of your life that you can think of get a word of God it only has to be one scripture or can be couple and make those declarations of faith over those areas of your life and watch the change take place now I have recorded a couple of episodes where I lead you in confessions of faith if you go back a couple of weeks there's two episodes where I lead you in confessions of faith over every area of our lives and you can go and you can uh, listen to those and you can repeat those confessions after me and just write some down yourself but I just strongly strongly encourage you to make this a 
daily habit of yours. Get up five minutes earlier in the morning and just remind yourself of what God says about you and see change in every area of your life. God bless you and I'll see you next time on Faith Talks.